welcome to another Stormin' edition of Hitting the Headlines with me, the headline maker, Kurt Cooper. And I am going to be joined on this week's show by one of the icons of Northern Irish wrestling, Rocky Star. So he's going to be coming on in just a wee moment here. Uh, but first of all, again, just like to say a big thank you to everyone that's been listening over the last few weeks, uh, whether that's been on Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, and through Scottish Wrestling Network as well. We're building up a good wee following here, then I'm hoping to, to keep on providing good content, good podcast chat, and something a wee bit different uh, for folk that are into their uh, wrestling podcasts as well. So this week we're going to be looking at quickly, we're going to have a, instead of a full chat about all the week's headlines, there's going to be news and briefs, you know, briefs because wrestlers wrestle in their pants pretty much. Uh, so we're going to do that with Rocky uh, and then we're going to do a bit of a Q&A with him uh, as well. Uh, I had put out the the fact that Rocky was coming on the show this week on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, not expecting to get much in the way of questions, but uh, you guys have come up thumps for me this week. Uh, so we'll be delving into that as well. So without further ado, uh, we'll get the front man, Rocky Starve, coming in here. Rocky fella, how are you doing? How's it going, Kirk? Um, not too bad at all, fella. Can you hear me all right there, yeah? I can, yeah. You have got some lighting set up there. Uh, but you look picture perfect. <laughs> ah, as always. As always. No, I don't. I don't know if it's what you've done with your hair, but the lighting is absolutely superb uh, for you there. Uh, I mean, I made an effort for you. <laughs> thanks, thank you. I've got a wee uh, hand lamp thing to try and do something with me. All it's doing is showing up my acne scars, so I'll keep that. Uh, we for now. Uh, so just saying uh, when we were coming on there, Rocky, this week uh, we're going to have a look at a couple of the headlines and instead of doing a big deep dive into them like we normally would, uh, we're just going to ask you one question and one question only about each of those and then we're going to go into uh, a Q&A uh, and I was saying there as well uh, before they joined us, uh, it's the biggest response that I've had to any uh, any request that I've put out there like that. So no pressure, but there's, there's fans wanting to hear what you've got to say. That's good. Good stuff. So, without further ado, we'll get on with the news in briefs. Uh, and the first headline I've got for this week is NXT's got a good fin going. The Prince detains his crown in a torturous NXT main event at Vengeance Day as Bruiserweight Pete can't quite get the job done. Pete done against the battle-hardened Balor. So, I know you mentioned earlier on, uh, Rocky, you hadn't got around to watching NXT Vengeance Day just yeah. yet. Uh, but have you have you seen any of the fallout from it at all? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Well, I've heard great things about that match, so I will go back and watch it definitely. It, it was top to bottom. It was one of the the best uh, shows that there's been this year. It, it kind of it was takeover standard, but there was some great stuff in there. Uh, the MSK versus Grizzle Young Vets was a great tag team match. Uh, Gargano and Kushida. You knew it was going to be a, a barnstormer there as well. And the main event uh, where basically uh, Dunn and Bauer just tortured each other for half an hour. It was fantastic stuff. The selling in it and everything uh, was amazing. And again, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you listen to other wrestling podcasts, so you'll probably no doubt have heard everything that went on in that as well. So we are not going to deep dive into yeah. it. But the question that I have for you, Rocky, based on this one is, despite having big names and exciting characters in NXT just now, like Finn Balor, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Karrion Cross, for you... Is NXT still hitting the heights and still as good as it was when Ballard was there the first time, along with like Sami Zayn, Nakamura, Kevin Owens, and of course the four horsewomen? 
So I think the uh, the time period you're talking about, you know, back sort of 2014, 2015, um, it was more of a, a developmental show. So there was more emphasis on bringing people in that people didn't know and building them from scratch. Um, whereas today it's more that they bring these guys in that are already established elsewhere and they just let them go ahead and do their thing. Um, I think for, for me as a viewer, it was more enjoyable to watch somebody, you know, rise through the ranks and then eventually mm-hmm. reach the top. Rather than, you know, you come in, you get a title shot, as sort of a lot of these guys have done lately. So I think I, I did prefer it back then, um, just because there was more of, a, more of a story, generally speaking. You know, there is some good character work these days, and there are some good stories, but I think that uh, but back then it was more consistent. So that's what I enjoyed watching. Cool, cool. Do you think as well that because there are so many other guys coming into developmental and the fact that they're pushing it as more of a an equal brand, you know, a brand on equal footing with, with on SmackDown, that a lot of guys are kind of getting that, that rocket strapped to them too early and then you get everybody else just kind of floundering around? Um, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I think they're not going to put those guys in those top positions if they don't think they're ready for them. But in, in terms of the people who are actually there for, you know, for developmental, I think they could maybe be forgotten about a wee bit. You see a lot of guys have been sort of stuck there for mm-hmm. a good few years and haven't really gotten much traction. So, I think maybe it's uh, it's worse off for those kind of guys. Yep. And is there anyone you know from the current NXT roster that you think is is destined to make it up to the uh, the on SmackDown at the moment, or do you think those guys are going to be lifers uh, in NXT as well? Uh, Kyron Cross definitely. Uh, he'd be up before long. Um, yeah, he's just he's got the the main roster look, as they say. You know, he's a big mm. guy. Um, has the big entrance and all that stuff. So I can see that translating to a big stage very well. Cool, cool. Good stuff. Well, I know that was more than one question that we asked you on there on that, but we'll move on to the the second uh, headline here, uh, which is Kenny Moxley and the exploding barbed wire deathmatch. I know that you had a bit of a moan about my previous headline, but, you know, that's pretty much saying exactly what it is. Uh, The cleaner and the lunatic have signed on for the hellacious slice of hardcore heaven at Revolution. And my question to you on that is, is a deathmatch a step too far for a company that's competing to be the top dog in televised wrestling? Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, I guess. You know, I mean, what was it, an exploding barbed wire death match? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, I've, I've never heard of or seen. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming CZW have done stuff like this in the past. It's not it's not my bag when it comes to wrestling. Uh, but yeah, exploding barbed wire death match. Uh, it's kind of, it's telling you exactly what it is, but for a uh, for someone that's maybe a casual uh, passing viewer of the AEW, do you, do you think that that is you know the right move, that, the the right direction they should be taking the the top championship uh, feud into? Um, I'm not so sure. Um, you know, I mean, I I personally have never been the biggest fan of that kind of stuff. You know, I've seen clips from like FMW in the '90s. You know, he'd Mick Foley and Terry Funk doing all those kinds of matches, and it was just the, the, they were setting the bar so high every time. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that with this one, you know. If somebody comes in as a new viewer and they see this, right? This, it's a title match and it's an exploding barbed wire death match. Um, then, when, when the next title feud comes along and it's just a bog standard singles match, how's that going to look? Yeah. By comparison, you know, is there any going back from setting the bar so high? So, I don't know. Time will tell. Um, I'm certainly going to watch it, and we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, you've been involved in a, a few sort of, uh, you know, hardcore themed matches in your time as well. You know, you had your, your infamous uh, run uh, against uh, Chris Lenfrew, uh, where he's battled each other for pillow to pillow. <laughs> he said your courage match as well. 
uh, where uh, you were saying about each other, the Guitar Hero stuff, yeah. and you know, and I'd assume that that kind of stuff hurts, you know, fairly, <laughs> you know, fairly well. But could you ever picture yourself or, or think how bad that's going to feel for Moxley and Omega in an exploding barbed wire death match? Um, I wouldn't fancy it personally. Like you know, I mean, I've I've been hit with a, a Guitar Hero controller, and that was sore enough for me. Don't know about exploding barbed wire. That sounds a step too far. It sounds like it could be something if uh, the wrestling live, if they would want to take their shows <laughs> to the next level, because you know Nick loves a gimmick, and uh, Nick Campbell loves a gimmick. So I could see him maybe you know delving into that uh, side of things uh, once we get shows back there as well. Now it's, it's, uh, it sounds like you're volunteering there, Nick. If you're listening, I, I'm that. putting them forward for that. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> not be working for them. I'll not be doing, doing any of those matches. <laughs> Uh, but but certainly you know uh, I, I just want to get any kind of matches back to be honest. Uh, yeah. It's getting to that stage. Definitely. It's getting to that stage. Uh, headline number three in this news and brief section for us this week uh, is enclosed encounters of the chamber kind. The elimination chamber beckons this weekend as Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre aim to keep their titles close and their enemies closer. Coming into that one, so my question for you, straightforward, bog standard question on this. Who's winning both of those chamber matches? And at the end of the night, Aldo and Roman are going to be standing tall with their titles. Um, I do think Drew and Roman will still have a title going into Mania. It just it seems like Mania is so close, and I can't see them changing things up between now and then. But but you never know; stranger things have happened. Um, isn't it the SmackDown one? The winner of the chamber gets a title match against Roman. Yep, that straight night? after it. Straight yeah, after so it, yeah, that's a bit of a red flag. It could throw a spanner in the works there. Um, I've got, a a, I've got a bit of a an out there prediction for that one. I think Daniel Bryan is going to win the chamber match. Roman's going to come out, try and destroy Daniel Bryan, but Owens is going to cost Reigns the title. Bryan wins it, and the Miz cashes in. Yeah. Miz cashes in, and Daniel Bryan straight away. And then we've got a proper big title feud that's been brewing for years and years with Daniel Bryan and, and The Miz. Mm. Now, I don't necessarily think that would be a box office or a, a WrestleMania headline worthy main event, but the story's been building and building and building for years on that. The two of them absolutely despising each other, but they've never fought, as far as I can remember, they've never had a good feud over one of the top titles. So that that would be, that would be something that I could see happening. That would be interesting. And, and as for McIntyre... I don't know, like, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying his run as champion. Obviously, you know, Scottish, need to keep it real, need to, to keep him up there. But it's just how much further can they go with him as champion in, yeah. in the way they're going? I mean, how, how do you, you've, you've obviously, you've worked a show or two with, with in the past. You know, how, how have you looked at it from being a peer of his to, to where he is now? How have you how have you enjoyed his, his time as champion? Oh, it's, it's great to see. You know, I, I think that, what we all really felt for him last year at Mania, you know, it was his big crowning moment and it was in front of absolutely no one. So I, I hope that this time he gets to go into Mania as champ, even in a stadium, you know, with a limited crowd or whatever it may be, you know, just to have that kind of a, a Mania-like, like a proper Mania-like entrance, you yeah. know, and, and the match and the whole thing. So, yeah, it's been really, really cool. And with Seamus probably... You know, being the the man that he's going to face, I would assume. You know, because the, the way they've been building Seamus yeah. on that, I uh, do you like that idea of having two non-Americans and non-Canadians being the guys to take WWE forward into WrestleMania and and beyond? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't really 
think of it so much as them being non-Americans or whatever, but I, I think that just the story that they have, you know, everybody knows that they came up together and, you know, it's just, it, it writes itself basically, mm-hmm. you know, so to, to have such a, a real story that's been going on for so long, I think it's a perfect main event. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, thank you for coming through uh, those uh, news and briefs with me there, Doki. And before we go on to the Q&A, uh, it's time for this week's sponsor. Now, this is quite an app sponsor we've got this week. They've asked me to read it out in this certain way. Uh, podcasts about wrestling are brilliant, no matter what way you swing it. But what's better than listening to Legends of the Ring, grappling personalities and wrestling dads using considerable amounts of their time, energy and expletives to criticise modern-day wrestling? I'll tell you what's better. Absolute marks and nobody's tearing into other wrestling podcasts on their own shoddily recorded and poorly edited shows. And that's exactly what you'll get on the Join Jabroni Podcast Network. There's one of the Jim Cornettes pulling Jim Cornettes on Jim Cornette. There's a guy that will convince you that 83 weeks could have been done in 27 days. And on JR, Grilling JR, there is a massive virgin called Johnny Rodriguez complaining every week about Jim Ross moaning about Attitude Era mid-carders live from his mum's ensuite bathroom. It's like Inception, but with wrestling podcasts and fuck all budget. <laughs> Listen today on the Join Jabroni Podcast Network, where the opinions are shite more than moon and night. So that was this week's sponsor. Now we're going to get into the nitty gritty here, Doki. We're going to get into what everyone's listening for, and that is the Q&A that we're going to do with you. As I said at the start of the show, I had a really good response to this, which is why we've kind of run through everything else so quickly. Uh, we've had questions coming in from fans of Northern Irish Wrestling, fellow wrestlers, guys that you're training as well. So there's a whole host of things to go through. Uh, so the first question that I'm actually going to pose to you here uh, comes in from a man you know very well, uh, Mr. John Prento. Uh, now, he his question is based on something that's not necessarily Northern Irish Wrestling related, but his question is, what was the story behind what happened backstage at Five Star Wrestling when it came to Belfast? That was, that was a good day. Uh, I've never actually spoken about this. Um, so this was uh, 2018, I think, March 2018. It was back when uh, the weather was really bad. It was the, the beast from the east, I think they called it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Five Star had actually got in touch with PWU uh, a week before the show asking if anybody could be available for ring crew. So myself and a few others jumped at the chance. We, we went down for ring crew for that day and uh, so somehow made it. I mean, we were going through the snow and all. It was public transport was all over the show. So we made it anyway. And uh, it was just really, 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 really cool experience, you know, just to see the scale of, of that kind of a an event, you know, compared to what we're used to, yeah. you know, in, in, in gyms and hotel function rooms and stuff like that. You know, this was a proper arena show with big screens and the lights and all, you know, so it was really, really cool to be a part of that and just to see see the difference. Um, was there more so, people backstage at it than were actually at the show? Because <laughs> that, that was something <laughs> that kind of, like, affected Five Star everywhere they went. They were, they were booking out arenas. They pretty much, you know, as a, as a fan of uh, the Elite League ice hockey, they pretty much booked out every arena that the Elite League ice hockey was was playing in when they were touring in the UK, but they were getting about a tenth of what they could actually hold. Um, I don't. I think it may be a bit, a bit of an exaggeration to say there were more people backstage, but yeah, well, it wasn't the biggest crowd I've seen in the Odyssey. Um, it was only a half hall setup, so it half it curtained off anyway. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, the weather didn't help. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people that had tickets couldn't make it anyway. Um, but yeah, so a good few of the the 
the wrestlers that were booked couldn't make it. Um, I think it was uh, Rey Mysterio was the, the headline, and he couldn't make it. And he was meant to be wrestling. I think it was Adam Maxted mm-hmm. in the main event. So I, I felt for Adam that day. I was chatting to him. And uh, he obviously was meant to wrestle Rey Mysterio in the main event in Belfast, and that didn't happen. But um, I, I was actually very, very close to being on that show. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the, uh, as you always say, rule number one, always bring your gear. So that's what I did. Uh, we were there for a ring crew. As I said, it was a long day. Everything was set up. And I'd sort of gotten wind, you know, that a few guys couldn't make it. So I was chatting to a few people. I said, you know, I'm here. I've got this much experience. I've got my gear. I'm ready to go. So I, I was on the card at one point. Um, and then a few guys made it that they didn't think we were going to make it. So then, unfortunately, it didn't happen. But, yeah, well, at one point I was backstage behind the curtain in my gear at the Odyssey ready to go. So Who were you supposed to go up against? Man, I can't remember. It was a tag team match. Um, I was meant to be tagging with a guy. He's from Newcastle. Uh, we were actually, it was pretty funny. His, his name was Nicky Star. Uh, so just a coincidence where we were both there. and we were, So I think, I think they were putting us on as a putting us on as a tag team. Yeah. I can't remember who, who we were going to be against, but the card got reshuffled at the last second. So, so There was a really good uh, video doing the rounds on Twitter there earlier this week. I don't know if you saw it. It was like uh, someone had uh, called out Grado on it. Uh, and it was a clip from one of the five-star shows. I think they'd done it in Nottingham, where, again, Nottingham uh, uh, Ice Hockey Arena, I think it holds 6,400 uh, people turned up to it. But the, the bit in the, the match was uh, Grado and Rey Mysterio. Uh, Grado and Colt Cabana came in to make a save on RVD because there was like, a big like, clusterfuck thing going on. Uh, but RVD had no idea who anybody was. So he just super kicked uh, Grado straight in the face, even though he was out <laughs> to help him. Uh, and like, like Grado had shared a couple of different videos of them like doing backstage stuff, and RVD just had no idea who anybody was oh, on it. Okay. Uh, and going by, you know, a lot of accounts, people that have done stuff with Five Star as well, that seemed to be quite, quite the thing that nobody had a clue what was going on. But it would have been good if that had taken off, you know. I, I, yeah, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna uh, talk about, you know, about wrestling being on television and stuff like that uh, in the UK. But I think we'll bypass that and maybe do that in a, another episode. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was good that you had a, a fairly positive uh, Five Star experience with a lot of people, didn't? Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, I, I went there. Uh... Put in a day's work, got, got paid, you know. Can't say anything bad about that. Ah, good stuff, good stuff. Now, the next question uh, that we have for you uh, is one of three uh, that's been posed by someone who is gaining a bit of notoriety on Northern Irish Instagram, and that's uh, whoever that is that's running the NI Pro Wrestling page. Uh, he or she, maybe she, I don't know. I did ask them if they would come on, but I wanted to keep their, their, their anonymity uh, as such. Uh, but one of the questions that they posed for you uh, is to do uh, with the Northern Irish scene in general. And it's like, what Northern Irish talent have been most influential to your own development as a wrestler? Um, I, I hate having to pick just one, but there, there, there have been there have been a lot of guys that have been very, very, very helpful and influential on me. I, I would say if I had to pick one, and I hate putting them over, but I have to say JDP. Um <laughs> Uh, just because, so he, he, for anyone who doesn't know, he was the promoter of PWU um, back when I first started, or one of the promoters. So uh, I got my start through him. You know, he was one of the guys who trained me early on. Um, he put me on shows, gave me a lot of opportunities. And 
he's he'd always been uh, has always been uh, approachable. Mm-hmm. If I ever have any ideas or ever want any feedback or advice, um, and he, he always gave me the freedom to just go out there and and do my thing and just let me kind of try things and see what works and what doesn't. I think that's very important, especially early on. You need to sort of find yourself. Um, and what one thing I liked is when I when I did ask him for advice, you know, anybody that knows him, I'm sure you'll agree that there's no bullshit with him. You know, yeah. if if you've done something wrong, he's going to tell you. He's not going to sugarcoat it. He's not going to tell you what you want to hear. So I, I think you need that definitely. You know, especially mm-hmm. in wrestling, it's very important. You need need to hear things uh, as they are and what, what what you need to hear basically. Um, and still to this day, you know, with, with Titanic wrestling, uh, still still very close with him. Um, always talking to him and stuff. So I mean, he, he's been sort of the, the constant, you know, since, since day one for me. So I'd say JDP. I like it stuff. You know, as as what's the most polite way of putting it? As as British as as he can sometimes come across, and as as mildly as he can sometimes come across as well in a training session or, or on a show day, it does like the, the impact that he's had on Northern Irish wrestling is you know it's astounding. It's it's basically what's kept kept us going. You know what when PW and down the shuttle and Titanic those uh, from the, the the ashes of it. Uh, you know it's JDP that's been the the one that's been you know pushing that on and he's enlisted yourself and with a Valentine and Tucker uh, to, you know, keep training this next generation that I'm fortunate enough to be a part of. So, yeah. you know, definitely, I mean, he's not going to listen to this anyway, he never does. <laughs> uh, so we can we can say what we want about him, but in this occasion, we're saying pretty, pretty good things about him as well. Uh, now, one of the guys that I mentioned there, uh, with a Valentine, he chimed in with a question, or more, more of a statement, really, uh, which was Rocky versus Luth versus Tucker, Culture Night 2021, F something something K, S something something T, up. So I'm assuming <laughs> that means Fink sent up, and he's paying homage to Howard Finkel, who died <laughs> uh, about this time last year. So rest in peace, Fink. Uh, I'm assuming that's what it means. But yeah, Culture Night is a, it's been a big thing uh, for Northern Irish wrestling over the last couple of years. Obviously, it couldn't happen last year. Uh, and it's... You know, it's always a fun night. What have your experiences of Culture Night been like? And, and, and you know, what does it mean to you as part of the, the wrestling community? Yeah. Um, I have to say, Culture Night is hands down my favourite night to wrestle. F- favourite venue, favourite experience, favourite crowd. Um, it's just there's something about it. I, I can't describe it. You know, if, you, if you've been down at it yourself, um, th- then you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's just, it feels like, you know, that sort of big show feel. You know, it's mm. really, really cool. Um, I've actually had matches with with Luther Valentine and Tucker at Culture Night, two separate singles matches, and it's been just some of the most fun um, that I've ever had wrestling. Um, I think it's it's really good because it's not a a wrestling crowd, you know. It's just yeah. people are down there for Culture Night, so it's it's a real test of of you because sometimes we can get too comfortable if you're in front of your own crowd and people that know you, you know that. It's 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 not that difficult or not as difficult to either get them on your side or get them against you. You know, but when you're coming out complete clean slate, nobody knows who anybody is. You got to start from square one, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, that's a real test of of what you can do. Um, so I it's for, for that reason, you know, for the size of the crowd, um, you know, it's outside in the dark, floodlights and stuff. You know, it's just electric atmosphere. Love it. I was supposed to make my PWU debut at Culture Night. Uh, but unfortunately, I stupidly booked a holiday the weekend <laughs> that it was happening. So as you guys were battling out in uh, St Anne's Square, I was flying over in an easy jet coming back to Scotland. 
and missed out on it. Missed out on it. Uh, but no doubt I would have just kicked tough out in the, the Battle Royal anyway. I think that's kind of what the, the, the plan was for that. Uh, so yeah, and obviously, you know, as uh, as Luther's laying down the, the gauntlet there, do you fancy yourself against him and Tucker Mathiwe if it goes ahead this year? Anytime, yeah. I, I'd say 2021 might be a bit too optimistic, but absolutely any time I'd wrestle those two guys any night of the week. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, now, uh, our friend at NI Pro Wrestling, he's come back in with another question here. Uh, and he's asking, do you enjoy matches that are, do you enjoy matches more against big name imports or guys who you've helped develop? So obviously, over the, you've done uh, in PWU and even in Titanic, uh, you've gone up against uh, guys that have come in from America, UK, that kind of thing. Who the, the ones that stand out for you and do you prefer going up against them as opposed to guys that you've you know you've trained or that you've come up with um well i think when you talk about you know guys that you come up with and guys you're familiar with um kind of what i was alluding to earlier with the, the drew and seamus thing you know it's it's easier to tell a story with, with mm-hmm. guys like that you know because the fans are used to seeing you um seeing you together and they know the history of, of you of you guys you know in the past so i think it's easier to get them invested from a, a story standpoint because they're not, it's not just somebody flying in for a one-off match. Um, perfect example of that, actually. Uh, I'm not sure if you were around back in 2015. No. PW. No. Um, so me, me and me and Dude Roxville had a match. So what we started as a tag team, the Wild Stallions. Uh, we split up, and then we had a her versus her match. Yes, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> during the promotion for that match and stuff, we were, I was saying you know that the match was 20 years in the making. And it, it literally was because, you know, the, the two of us actually grew up together, went to school together. Yeah. You know, we were wrestling out in my back, my back garden as kids, you know, and it literally was 20 years later that we were wrestling and sold out Europa Hotel, her versus her match. So we had, you know, all of our friends, all of our family who knew that whole story and they all came down. Um, and even the, the PWU fans, they saw us come in as a tag team together and we, we you know, progressed and progressed and eventually clashed in that in that her versus her match mm-hmm. um but i think if, if you're talking about that compared to a more, a more established name um obviously the big names come in and just because because they're big names because they have the following you're automatically getting eyes on them mm-hmm. and whatever they're doing so if you're in with them then you've got eyes on you so that's obviously very 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 beneficial um and also it, I, I think that seeing sort of big names come in a, a local promotion like PW or Titanic or anywhere else, I think it gives us more legitimacy. Yeah, if that makes sense. You know, like, I mean, we, we had a guy, um, with loads, loads of guys come in. You know, it happens all the time. We had uh, Kevin Nash come in a couple of years ago to PW, mm-hmm. and I was to interrupt his promo and come out, talk a bit of shit to him, and then we had LJ and Nathan Martin were meant to come out and then set up a tag match, and uh, the, the only thing that I so we're up to Kevin Nash early in the day, shook his hand, introduced myself. And he said, uh, so you're the one's going to talk shit to me tonight? And I went, yep. And he went, see you out there. And that was it. And I was like, oh shit, okay. So this is, this is a test, you know? So, I mean, the, the fact that somebody like me who, you know, comes from a smaller promotion, if you can go out there with, you know, one of the biggest names ever, you know, and just mm-hmm. go out there and do it. You know, it's a good feeling, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great for, for, for my confidence. And I think it's great for, the local scene as well you know if one of their guys is mixing it up with an established name you know i think it brings everybody up yeah and i was going to say you on that note as well you know 
going in the ring with one of the someone that's more established, you know, someone that's been around the block knows what they're doing. I'd assume that that would, you know, boost your confidence as well because you know exactly what you're going to get in a match. But when you wrestle James Storm, I know there was a, a bit of a, a miscommunication in that match that you maybe wouldn't have expected to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, it happens, you know, it happens to all of us. Um, um, yeah, so, but yeah, so a bit of a hiccup, we got back on track, it was fine. Um, I don't think that would have been any different if I'd been in with anybody else, you know. Um, sometimes yeah. you just, your mind goes blank and it, it happens, you know. So, um, but it, it was still cool, you know. I think that, that the only way you really get better is, is to be in there with people that are more experienced than you and better than you. So, I think from that perspective, you know, but being in with, with someone like that, even when something does go wrong, you know, they steer you back on track. Um, it, it's, it's only it's only better for you, and you you come out of it better off. I suppose it's one of the things that you kind of look forward to as a, an up and coming wrestler as well. You know, you want to be in that position where when the imports come in, the promotion's got that trust in you to go out there they, and do your uh, do your thing with them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, there was a, a good, good period of time where. No PW, where t- you know Tucker was the go-to guy for the imports, yeah. rightly so. You know he was a level above, I would say, the rest of us. Um, so you know, getting sort of mix that up, and you know, for you to be the guy that, that gets that shot, you know, it's it's a good feeling. It shows that they have faith in you. Cool, cool. And with that experience that you've gleaned, uh, you've been put in as a, a trainer role, as a coach uh, in Titanic, which has led to uh, one of your trainees, Catchman Mills, Alan Mills, who I know you've got a bit of a, a rolling fetish with. Uh, <laughs> Don't say that. Uh, while well, he's uh, the, keeping in shape during lockdown, uh, he came on through Instagram and he asked us, out of the current trainees in Titanic Wrestling that you've been working with, who do you think has the potential to become the top heel or the top face or just in general the top guy uh, within the company from the, the guys that you're training? Um, that's, a, that's a tough question, you know. Um, I think the fact that he was asking, I was he expecting me to, to put him in that in that. He may well be. He may well yeah. be. You know, he's he's certainly come up along. I mean, I, I think I've got about a year's, well, I say a year's experience on him. You know, he came into Titanic uh, at the start, uh, which was about a year after that I started. And I, I've seen a big difference. I think my last training session, it was myself and him uh, going at it. And, you know, he's, he's put in a lot of work. I know he's, he's gone vegan, you know, right way or wrong way, whatever your life choice is in that regard. Uh, but yeah, he's he's someone that's, that's come along and and doing well is that is that the kind of uh, I suppose the the kind of progression you you like to see you know guys maybe come in you know that maybe a wee bit out of shape maybe not necessarily wrestler looking but once they get into the swing of things and they come to the training and they, you put them through deck of cards and stuff like that do you like to see that progression within the the guys that are that are training that are committed to to the to the bit yeah definitely I mean I think it's it shows, you know, it shows a lot of their character, you know, if they're willing to come in and if they're not up to a certain standard, be it, you know, look-wise or, or fitness-wise, cardio-wise, you know, and they just put in the effort and just consistently mm-hmm. put in the effort. It's great to see, you know, it's because you, you can you see them sort of progress, come out of their shell as well, you know. So I think all you can ask is if somebody comes down and just makes the effort consistently and keeps showing up, keeps asking for feedback and just, just keeps putting the work in. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, over the last year, you've seen guys come in, uh, like Jordy Boy, for example, who, you know, he's, he's one of the hardest trainers we've got. You've wrestled a couple of matches with him, uh, I think, as well. You know, he'd put up a thing uh, on his own YouTube channel earlier, like a, a highlight reel as such. And a lot of it 
was him battering you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, is, is that is he one of the guys that you think, you know, once everything's back up and running, you know, a, a company, whether that's Titanic or any of the other Northern Irish companies, he's a guy that they could, you know, hang their, hang their coat upon as such? I think so. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a guy like Jordy, you know, I, I sort of I feel, I feel for guys like that, guys that were sort of at at the cusp of you know going out there and making it because obviously it's all stopped and it's been stopped for for almost a year, mm. and you know to, to to have guys like that that are just that they're ready to go and just that gets pulled out from under them, you know, it's frustrating for me to watch. So I can only imagine how frustrating it is for someone like that who's been putting the work in, as I said, you know, consistently for so long. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it's not too long before. Before guys like that get, you know, get what they they've earned. Yeah, I mean, I know that like, for whenever I'm coming along to training sessions and and it's, it's yourself that's taking it, you know, I do what I can to kind of push myself through. You know, the deck of cards, as we mentioned, it, it's it's something that that we all know you for. We we all kind of dread it when we know it's, it's yourself that's taking taking training on there. Uh, but when you see guys like like myself that are maybe not as you know in shape as somebody like Job Day or that, what what are your kind of what what are your hopes for guys like us? You know, obviously, you know, without without wanting to, you know, bring other people into it, but guys like myself, maybe Big Jack Ridder, who who maybe don't necessarily have that look, but that wee bit older. You know, where do you see us going uh, within within wrestling in, in Northern Ireland? Uh, it's not for me to answer. You know, I mean, there's so many so many variables. Um, so. I mean, the, all, all that I would want for for anybody is that they they get what they want out of out of wrestling, you know, and they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's really for for you and for Jack and for whoever else, you know, set set your own targets and work towards them. You know, it's not not up to me to say, you know, this is where you need to be in three years or whatever. So I mean, I, I can't really answer that. It's a question for you but, guys. Well, again, I'll come I'll come from a more personal kind of thing. Obviously, you know, I'm I'm a wee bit older coming into coming into this and. My my bump card is maybe a lot shorter than than a lot of the other guys. From your experience of you know the the way I, I commit myself at training, the way that I go through you know training matches, anything you've seen of me, what what's your what's your honest assessment of me as as somebody that could could do something in the the Northern Irish wrestling scene? Um yeah, I mean I think I think the sky's the limit. Honestly, you know as as I said or as you've said, you know you're putting the work in. You know, you're getting yourself out there. You've got a, a brand for yourself. You've got the podcast. You know, so you've you've got that following. You know, you've got that on social media and stuff. So that's half the battle. It's getting people to to know who you are and know you exist. So, yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, the sky's the limit. Just just keep going for it. And is there anyone in uh, Titanic, for example, that you you think other than? I know you mentioned Jordy Boy earlier on and we spoke about him, but is there anyone else you see that could maybe, you know, make that jump from, whether that's just from local shows to maybe somewhere like OTT or, you know, going across the water to Scotland, England, that kind of, that kind of thing? Um, I mean, I, I think there are guys that have been around for, for a, a while that have never really um, sort of escaped out of, out of Northern Ireland, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, the, Guys like me, for example, you know, I mean, I've been putting the work in for seven, eight years, you know, I mean, I wrestled mm-hmm. once over in England, you know, and I, I wouldn't want somebody like you, you know, coming along and taking opportunities away from me, you know, because I've been putting the work in, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I'm first in line as far as I'm concerned. So if you want opportunities, you got to get behind me. Well, I mean, that, that's fair enough. I mean, I, I know that you're, 
you're you're long established in in Northern Irish circles, and and you know as you say you, you've made it over across the water maybe maybe once there. Do you think at your stage in your career you should have been over there a wee bit more often? Um. This is kind of taking a turn, Kirk. Are you just trying to piss me off or something? What is this? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just asking. You know, I mean, I know that I, I'm getting on in age, but I've just come into the the wrestling industry really. But you've been in it for for the good wee while now. You've kind of been a, a big big fish in a small pond, a medium sized fish in a small pond. Do you think that you know from being a, a PWU champion, from having high profile matches, you should have got, you know, you should have been a wee bit bigger than what you are? You serious? Hey, this is just a, a an honest question. Just asking you to as an appraisal of your wrestling career yourself. Do you, are you where you envisage you would be at this moment in time? Will you tell me what do you think? Well, you know, I, from from what I've seen of you, you know, you've. There's a lot of fight in you. There's a lot of fight in you. You've got the, the credentials, you know. But what I, I, I kind of I'll turn it back. You, know, what is it that stopped you from, you know, making that jump to what like some OTT or getting over in Scotland? That that kind of thing. What would be the? What do you mean? What's the, you're acting like I'm sort of over the hill in my time is not sort of no, coming. I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying you're over the hill, but you know, with the, the experience that you've got and the experience that you've gained. Uh, and even you know, with the experience, you know the Rocky Star experience, you know the the gimmick is is great. You know, but why haven't other promotions from from outside Northern Ireland picked up in that? Ask them. And 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 speaking of your the your your gimmick there as well, I know that it's kind of a a cardinal rule uh, in wrestling that when you're coming up with a name. You, you don't have rock or rocky in it and you don't put star in it. What was it what was it that kinda made you go against the grain with that when you were coming up with your persona? Are you taking the piss? No, it, it's you know that that was one of the first things that I was that I was I was ever told. You know, when you're coming up with a name, don't don't try and don't try and be too over for yourself. Don't be too much of a mark for yourself. Did you just you just call me a mark for myself. Uh, that that's that. It's not what I was meaning. It's not what I was meaning. It's just okay. Well, hold on. No, no, right. let, let me speak. Right. So I'm not the one who's had about two matches that's sitting there wearing his own merch. All right. Has anybody ever bought one of those t-shirts? Uh, one. I've sold one. I think. Ah, uh, yeah. I think I gave that away actually. Aye, it's more like it. So don't sit there and imply that I'm a mark for myself. I, as you said yourself, you're only just coming into this, all right? And I'm at the top. Okay, so know your place. Next question. Okay, uh, where is it? Where is the next question? Uh, okay. Uh, who is the most famous wrestler in your phone book? And why won't Aoife Valkyrie return your calls anymore? I'll 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 I'll, uh, I'll skip by that one. 
Uh, when you stood uh, face to hips with Kevin Nash, what were you most fearful of? Cutting a promo on a legend like Big Sexy or that you might lose an eye if his quad popped in your face? <laughs> Stupid question is that? Uh, it's, it's, it's somebody asked it. Uh, who, who asked it? Just, just, just somebody. Uh, with, with Owen Richards using a gif of DDP to praise Kirk Cooper for getting into the business at an older age, which wrestler gif would represent you best? Hornswoggle, Dink the Clown, or that one where Jeff Jarrett smashes the wee fella Beetlejuice with his guitar? Next. Uh, that's 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 me done. That's you done. Seriously. So you, you bring me on here. You ask me a, cu- a couple of questions about myself, which I'm, I'm happy to talk about. And then you just start insulting me with made-up questions that nobody has asked. Well, they, they were there. They were there to be asked. By who? Just, just, just folk. Just folk. Aye, I'm sure. I'll tell you what, Kirk, sitting there in your own t-shirt, it's been a complete waste of time. And I, uh, so that's that, That's how this week's podcast look, looks to be ending. Uh, thanks very much for the uh, Rocky, or to Rocky for coming on this week. Uh, and thank, thanks for listening to, to another episode of Hitting the Headlines. We'll be back next week, hopefully.